welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute Impri New Delhi तुमको चाहिए होगा ना कागज दे दो मेरे को She is the Deputy Secretary General of the All India Union of Working People. Forest rights and people's movements in India have largely centered centered around not just the struggle for the rightful shares by the people dependent upon the forest spaces and produce, often the indigenous and the lesser uh, lesser privileged sections of the society, but also. for the protection of the environment miss malik has dedicated her life to working for the rights of the forest and tribal communities and has sought to better understand their problems and work with them to find sustainable solutions today we will understand the various dimensions of the forest rights and people's movements in india as well as the challenges and way forward during a time when covid-19 has plagued almost every aspect of human life having said this it is my honor to invite ms roma malik to share her views over to you ma'am ma'am could you please unmute yourself yes can you hear me now thank you ma'am uh, thank you dr simi and it's really my pleasure that you have invited me in this program of impri uh, so uh, it's great to share my views and though uh, things are very very uh, difficult and i don't know how you chose this topic because generally the environment you know if you, when you talk about environment the issue of um, forest forest rights and especially the people is always missing you know it's uh, generally the environmental lobby in our country is more as uh, more focused on the uh, flora and fauna uh, uh, and the technical uh, aspect of the environment rather than the people who are the key uh, factor in the uh environment and ecological because there is a symbiotic relationship of the people with the environment and it is often being missed out so i i am really surprised at how you uh, brought this topic and uh, invited me to speak on this and that's why i am really obliged and i really thankful to you for uh, including this topic in the environment debate 
so uh, how should I begin? Uh, can you just give me a lead? Yes, ma'am. Dr. Simi. Yes, ma'am. So, thank you, ma'am. Uh, so, uh, you could initially for uh, 15 to 20 minutes, you can share your insights on the theme. And then we will uh, have a few exchanges in terms of question and answers. If that is fine with you, ma'am. Am I audible? I can't. I didn't hear what you said. No. It got stuck. Okay. So I said that for the initial five yeah. minutes, if you could share slides, mm. and then we could have interactive uh, some question and answers for uh, another okay. fifteen minutes. So that should be fine. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yes, thank you. So let me start with my introduction. Uh, ours is a national level uh, organization and basically it's uh, related to the trade union act and uh, it's a union and you'll be surprised at how come a union is functioning in the forest area and we are the perhaps the first union in the forestry sector that has uh, been formed uh, to fight the people's rights uh, and we are known as all india union of forest working people so and we we took a conscious decisions to form union because uh, first of all we believe in a democratic uh, uh, way of struggle and we follow the legacy of bhagat singh and uh, and we feel that all the organizations which are struggling for their rights has to be democratic and since it's in the forest area and then you have so much of labeling by the state that any uh, struggle in the forest area is a Maoist struggle or the Naxal struggle. So it was very important for us to have a um, that democratic nature in the struggle. And that's why it was formed a union so that more and more participation of the community, people should come into the union because union gives representation of the entire members in the union and they can uh, come up to the post holders level also and secondly since it was the issue of the forest rights and forest rights issue is a very very critical issue that involves the control of the natural resources the land the water and the minerals and all the kind of uh, very important uh, uh, you know aspects that is you know being uh, uh, captured or being uh, monopolized by the corporate sector also so there is an inherent kind of a struggle and there is in kind of inherent conflict uh, with these kind of forces and that is not now or after the globalization took place it i still it's there since last 250 years and when our the british uh, uh, colonized our country it started from the adivasis who are living in the forest area and they had to fight because uh, british wanted to uh, bring all these resources as their uh, to build up an eminent domain and that was resisted by the forest people so when you when you are going into the forest area and uh, working for forest rights you are inevitably you have you have to you know face the onslaught of the capitalist forces the state machinery the police the forest department mafias contractors 
so it's very important to build up a very strong organization to fight all these forces otherwise you will be labeled as you know maoist because you are bound to you know to face this repression and this kind of atrocities um, the people are quite attracted attract attracted to take on guns and that's what we have resisted that no it has to be it is a very long battle and has to be fought in a democratic front and that's why this union was formed and you would be very happy to know that in our union more than 60% executive post and the post holders are women and our uh, president is a tribal woman ex women chairman uh, women commission chairman from arunachal pradesh jarju mate our vice president are two very powerful women from india tista satrwad famous human rights activist from uh maharashtra bombay and uh, chandra from nagpur and so on and there are very adivasi women in, into this uh, uh, union so this is actually a union also which is women led uh, organization and which has a strong roots in the forest area and when women are in the forefront so I, that's why i wanted to tell you about the um, uh, organization little bit because you asked me to speak on the forest right movements and uh, you know its uh, challenges so so in a way i have uh, pointed out that to uh, fight for the forest right uh, or uh, movements we need these uh, this is the biggest challenge how to fight and then the challenge is to build up this organization the democratic organization and in a very difficult area like forest so this is one of the biggest challenge and we have overcome it and and we have at, at least uh, spent some 30 years to build up this organization and which have stood very strongly and that represents the voice of the forest people though it does not cover entire country but it has definitely a representational voice and wherever it it, it has got its presence there are very strong movement that is taking place so when we talk about the forest uh, uh, rights uh, movement you know it uh, it dates back to uh, the uh, the period you know when the british came into our country and they invaded our uh, our resources for the overseas development and the forest was the first kind of uh, um, um, resource that was available very freely to them and they exploited for more than 100 years there were many kind of struggles that we have seen in the adivasi area especially in jharkhand area and many martyrs also the first being the tilkamaji and uh, his associates from paria tribe who struggled against the tribes uh, against the british when they came within 50 years of the uh, their invasion but these are not reported in any history books and not they are mentioned even in the and uh, tilka maji was one of the martyrs and one of the very brave uh, adivasi who straight away went into the office of collector and he said who are you who how can you say this forest is your, yours the forest belongs to our singh bonga singh bonga is our son uh, son uh, the suraj devta ka ye jangal hai aap kaise keh sakte hai mara jangal hai 
किसने आपको इजाजत दी एंड ही किल्ड हिम इन हिज ऑफिस बाई हिज बॉर तीर कमान से उसकी हत्या कर दी उसके बाद तिलका माझी को फांसी की सजा सुनाई गई और वो एक तरह से सबसे पहले शहीद हुए इस पूरी जल जंगल जमीन के एक जो पूरी इंपीरियल ताकतें जो साम्राज्यवादी ताकतें थी उसमें सबसे पहले शहीद होने वाले तिलका माझी सिद्धू कानू और तमाम तरह के और भी जो नेता थे आदिवासी एंड देन फॉलोड बाय बिरसा मुंडा इन अर्ली नाइनटीन सेंचुरी so this is the kind of um, uh, history that we have a legacy and that legacy has uh, been you know carried on by the adivasis of our country who are still fighting they are still fighting the fight that this forest belongs to us the state has been after british left the indian state that captured the power from the british that has Which Bhagat Singh also said that Angrez to chale gaye, lekin kale Angrez baaki hai. He referred to the caste and the Brahminic uh, structure of the uh, country, and he said that there are the lower caste, the Adivasis, the oppressed people are yet to uh, uh, get liberated from this exploitation. So that conflict remained even after independence. So I would like to mention here that. Uh, you know this uh, forest right act that came into 2006 and was passed by the parliament uh, after the 60 years of independence so what of our uh, leader from forest village in where there is there the forest village used to plant 1000 and 1000 of hectare of trees but they were not allowed to construct any house for them they were only allowed to live in a mud house so its leader munilal ji had said you know when this act was passed ki humko to 1947 mein azadi nahi mili humko azadi to 2006 mein mili so this is the plight of the forest people that they have not felt that they have been uh, granted freedom when whole country was celebrating freedom uh, uh, in 1947 so they were in fact more colonized after uh, british left and the forest department became the biggest colonizer the biggest landlord of this country though our constitution talks that landlordism should be abolished you will be surprised to know that forest department is one such department that uh, annexed the indian forests and their land uh, by Uh, their colonial act 1927 indian forest act and they uh, colonized more than 23% of our land which is around 7000 and hectare of 7 uh, 7.5 crore hectare land hai aur desh ki 23% land hai jo unke kabze mein jabki hamare desh ke andar whatever the revenue laws that was passed uh, after independence none of the revenue laws talks about handing over land to the forest department so they have taken over this land illegally and that to the indian government allowed that the supreme court allowed the parliament allowed through the gazette notification and gazette notification 
was done on the basis of 1927 colonial act of indian forest act and even zamindari abolition act and thousands and thousands hectare of gram sabha land was transferred to forest department तो आज ये वन विभाग जो है ये मालिक बन के बैठा है जंगलों का एंड इट इज प्राइम ऑपरेसर ऑफ द फॉरेस्ट पीपल इट हैज नथिंग टू डू विद द सेविंग ऑफ एनवायरनमेंट और द सेविंग ऑफ द फॉरेस्ट द इंडियन द एक्ट विच दे फॉलो इज इन 1927 इंडियन फॉरेस्ट एक्ट एंड द फर्स्ट लाइन ऑफ दैट एक्ट सेज इट इज टू कंसोलिडेट द रेवेन्यू इन द फॉरेस्ट एरिया it does not talk about protection of the forest trail so it it is in this hand that uh, the forest went and the uh, you can see the plight of forest the forest department changed whole of the nature of the forest natural forest as british used this natural forest for their development for the development of railways you uh, must have remembered that till few uh, decade we had all uh, wooden sleepers in the indian uh, uh, railways across the country and that wooden sleepers came from himalayas very endangered trees like karsu moru devdar and all these trees you know and they were cut mercilessly and they were allowed to you know they, they were thrown into the yamuna and ganges stream and they were and they came down as a sleeper but many of these wooden blocks were you know left uh, behind and they they were they got rotten away and that was destroyed and then that was devastated by the uh, british companies and even after uh, our independence the same kind of denudation of the forest continued and uh, the commercial forestry and the monocultures started in himalayas you know uh, uh, lakhs and lakhs of pine trees were allowed eucalyptus were brought into the which was very very bad and acidic for the uh, uh, the soil or the himalayan uh, the uh, biodiversity and the whole environment but this was not checked in and the entire country the whole uh, natural forest was destroyed and they were cut for the in the name of national development somewhere for the industries for the expansion of industries expansion of roads mining then power sector and uh, the area where i work in singroli in sonbhadra area it is a power hub which is known as the energy capital of india there it produces around 20000 megawatt megawatt of power and it has it has a, most of the wonderful forest in the country it was also termed as switzerland of india by the nehru when he went to inaugurate the rehan dam in 1965 in 1960s in, in early or maybe 50s so uh, it was all you know and uh, destroyed in the name of development of the uh, uh, development of the nation so this was you know the kind of and even that that time the adivasis kept on uh, fighting against it the forest people did not leave their agitation though they were termed and they were never uh recognized in the mainstream uh you know uh politics or mainstream um, uh, life uh, and their life also was and they are the most uh, displaced people of the 8% of the population of tribal uh more than 60% have been displaced for various kind of projects that 
came after the independence and the but the forest struggle continued they kept on struggling for their forest for their livelihood for their land for their water for their resources and the struggle is still going on at one point of time the indian government when manmohan singh was prime minister of our country and even now it was said that uh, 200 districts are under maoist grip among the 600 district 200 are but i have seen and i have been working in this uh, forest area since last three decades i have seen that there are more democratic struggles in the forest areas than the maoist struggle and maoist struggles are not uh, centered around the fight and struggle of the forest resources and their livelihood and their rights they are more against the atrocities by the state and the uh, uh, the eminent domain so it is the democratic struggles are the examples which are going on you take northeast you take kashmir you take um, northern india you take southern india you take western india you will find that all these struggles are in democratic in nature they are going on although they are small or they are big but they are going on and they are being you know taken up by the adivasis you know very adivasis and the other forest people and where which are dalits and other kind of uh, uh, forest people in our country so this uh, is a very uh, complicated area and still the struggle is going on the forest right act came in for 2006 it came to recognize the rights of the people in the forest area and parliament admitted in its preamble that the historical injustice have been done to the forest people but uh, in that spirit the act has not been implemented in the ground that spirit and it is still lagging behind many states have not even started talking about it since it it's not like a nreg program where you have to distribute money or you have to you know give some uh, kind of uh, work to people it's actually basically the recognition of land of the resources so which is very difficult if the land and the resources are uh, handed over to the gram sabha as the act talks about the gram sabha has a supreme power then the state fears then that uh, that uh, they will lose control over this forest areas the companies are will not get benefit the influential people will not be able to exploit it the uh, feudal elements will not be able to survive they will be and not getting cheap labor for their fields for harvesting even the companies will not get cheap labor for their harvesting if the people of the forest area as uh, it was also uh, you know pointed out by the uh, ministry of tribal affairs in 2012 that more than 50000 crore of revenue can be generated this is a very rough idea it's i think in millions and millions Uh, billions of rupees and that can eradicate the poverty in the forest area so that is the main conflict because if the forest resources land water everything is uh, recognized and given to gram sabha and the people then the state will lose control over them the vested interests will no longer uh, be able to exploit their labor and the resources and in fact they will become poor and the poor people will become rich so this is the kind of conflict that is going on 
since that time and we are struggling very hard to get this act implemented every time whenever we go for this uh, implementation there is either you know criminal cases filed on people encounters are being done firing is done their houses are looted their houses are damaged their uh, crops are being you know raised and they're they have been thrown into jail they filed you know, lakhs and lakhs of false cases have come up after 2006 and whereas the act recognizes that if there is any case that will be used as a forest uh, uh, you know right evidence in that case but um, there are more of kind of injustices happening in the forest area so this kind this is like a brief uh, introduction to the subject and i think from here we can start the question and answer it that we can proceed there. Thank you very much, Nam. Thank you very much yeah. for uh, enlightening us. Of your work. Can you be louder? I, I can't hear you. Can you be louder? No. Sound is very little. Am I audible now, Nam? Ah, no, it's okay. So, thank you very much, ma'am, for uh, enlightening us. Uh, of your uh, um, impressive amount of work that you are doing at the grassroots and in fact I am very proud to uh, tell you that uh, I actually belong to the auspicious land of Siddhu Kanu and uh, Birsa Munda. Oh, so great. Uh, with this uh, I would like to uh, ask you, yes, so in your, in your several decades of grassroots work, um, have the governments at all levels been non-cooperative or have you uh, witnessed some form of appreciation and support to the forest movements from the authorities uh, including the bureaucracy uh, what has been your experiences in that front uh, that is true that uh, we can't say that there was no support from the government there was a support from the government that's why the act came into being you know the parliament passed this act and i remember that uh, there was uh, many left parties also involved in 2004 when this could, in the common minimum program the uh, uh, you know the UPA one government talked about uh, bringing this act and this act was enacted uh, but uh, you know there was so much of pressure like there is so much of resistance in the in the uh, ground level and at the government level also because the western interests are everywhere so if there is one lobby that wants to implement the act the other lobby wants to uh, kind of uh, you know stall the act like for one year even the upa government uh, took one year to bring its rules and the whole environment lobby the tiger lobby worked against this law to make it you know defunct not to not to uh, uh, get implemented and the rules were not allowed to me even at one point rahul gandhi also came out against this act and talked about that if the forest is given to people it will be destroyed but later on uh, they also realized politically that in the forest area it's very important that the rules are being made and the uh, uh, the rights should be given. So we have to work very hard with the government at the political level. And uh, there are some very good uh, 
experiences also and for example in up uh, the best time we had uh, in the implementation was when bsp was in power in 2000 uh, from 7 uh, to 2012 and uh, that was a period you know when that act because their constituency is dalit and uh, poor people so that's why maybe uh, they could understand and at that time there was a lot of movement in uh, the Sonbhadra area, the Kamur area uh, of uh, UPN that has a, a five state, uh, state uh, uh, border, uh, UP, Jharkhand, Bihar, Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh. So at that time, you know, the women and uh, people started reclaiming their land because act had come in 2006 and there was no implementation of the act. So thousands of hectares of land was reclaimed by Adivasi saying that this is ours. And then we were sent to jail. Many of us were sent to jail. And that time the government uh, responded to it. And they uh, felt that, uh, you know, this was uh, uh, a wrong kind of, they started terming us a Maoist movement. But uh, when the democratic struggle started, the uh, uh, government had to step in. And uh, they had to lift NSA against me. I was booked under NSA. I was the first woman to be booked under NSA. And they invited us to talk. And in, in fact, that incidentally, our uh, national working president, Mr. Sanjay Gar, he was a minister in the uh, BSP government also. He comes from a social movement background, but he opted to be in the political parties from Saranpur constituency in the Uttar Pradesh. So, and uh, we worked through him and we found that it was very important to work at the political level. We cannot denounce it and we have to politically engage with the political parties at all the times. So during that time, uh, this act was, uh, we uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, made uh, aware of this act to the officials and the government. They organized a meeting with the top level political advisors of the CM, Mayavati, and then uh, 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 then a big meeting with the officials was uh, called in and uh, the state level monitoring committee, which is according to the act, you know, it has to be formed, that was formed and we were inducted into it. Though I was not an Adivasi, but I was inducted as a special invitee. And then three of our Adivasi's representative from the community were also inducted. And for two, three years, four years, we uh, worked with the government to implement this act. And in various districts, like in Lakhimpur, Kirin, Dudwa National Park, in uh, Sonbhadra area, Kamur area, and various other places, we had worked with them and we uh, had implemented the act. And uh, the, even the forest villages were converted into revenue villages. And similarly, in West Bengal also, we work with the West Bengal government and they have also done some good work, very nominal. With the Bihar government also, then I was also a part of the joint review committee that was formed in 2010 by the Ministry of Environment and that was headed by Jairam Ramesh and the Ministry of Tribal. And uh, it was a 20-member committee, and the head of that committee was uh, Dr. N.C. Saxena. And uh, we were 20 people, forest department were also there, uh, non-officials were also there, officials were also there, and activists were also there. 
so this uh, uh, joint committee also brought report and we we visited some 12 states and did this report and this is 600 pages report and a very comprehensive uh, report and that brought recommendations to how to get this act implemented so these are few but after 2012 as the all the atmosphere of the country uh, political scenario changed in 2014 especially after the right wing politics started and the bjp came power nothing has been moving as you know they are uh, already you know taking away the rights of the people the labor laws the farmers the student rights they are after everybody so um, the forest rights are the rights which are uh, you know the last thing which can be but one positive thing after 2017 uh, our working president mr sanjay garg was again elected as a mla from saharanpur and he argued in the legislative assembly about the forest right act in up assembly so it was uh, that time uh, yogi adityanath had uh, brought around 40 villages forest villages into revel because he belongs to gorakhpur constituency and gorakhpur has maximum forest villages that was you know uh, uh, since colonial times have no rights no basic uh, amenities and facilities in the forest area very pathetic conditions so that was one positive thing even in bjp government and even in yogi adityanath's time that these uh, uh, villages were uh, what do you say converted into revenue villages but here also you know politically from opposition like sanjay garg is that this time was from samajwadi party so the opposition uh, taking up these cases has worked at the high, highest political level then it trickled down so these are the things you know one needs had been doing and we have got some some of these positive that's why we keep on insisting in engaging with the political parties in the opposition though they are uh, not very proactive wo log ko mein abhi koi damkhami nahi hai kisi baat ko karne ka lekin phir bhi kya kare we have to definitely you know uh, be depending on them and uh, talking up to them regarding these uh, issues and dusre level pe log bahut mazboot hai people are very conscious about their rights in fact in forest area after the 2006 act came the democratic space has been widened wahan to pehle kuch pata hi nahi lagta tha forest department jo kahani bata de wahi kahani chalti koi democratic space logon ke liye available nahi tha agar wo log apni awaaz uthate the to unko duniya bhar ke cases mein dal dete jail mein और अगर वो हथियार उठा के बात करने लगते थे तो वो जो है माओवादी बोलते थे तो इस तरह से जो है दे दे द डेमोक्रेटिक स्पेस वाइडन पीपल स्टार्टेड रेजिंग देयर वॉइसेस दे स्टार्टेड इंप्लीमेंटिंग द लॉ दे ऑन द इन देयर ओन वे दे स्टार्टेड रिक्लेमिंग देयर लैंड्स दे स्टार्टेड फॉर्मिंग फॉरेस्ट राइट कमिटीज सो द प्रोसेस इज गोइंग ऑन एंड ऑन people are aware that one day or the other they will have to they will be the real owners of the forest the forest department has to go the colonial uh, legacy has to go the companies the corporates who are looting them has to end this uh, looting so this is the kind of the atmosphere today we are facing and in this lockdown the things are become even more challenging you know so this is uh, 
I think satisfies your answer. Yes, thank you very much, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you for uh, answering these questions, uh, the questions so candidly. Ma'am, there is, uh, there are you know, the policies, the national forest policy, as well as the um, forest dwellers, the scheduled uh, tribes and the other forest dwellers recognition of Forest Rights Act of 2006, which really uh, focus on the uh, marginalized communities and um, for the protection and uh, regeneration and development of the, uh, of the communities. Uh, of the forest communities. But why do you think uh, the Apex Court has very recently ordered for the uh, eviction of lakhs of uh, forest yeah. dwellers and uh, snapping them of their forest rights? Could you throw some uh, light on this, ma'am? Uh, see, what I was discussing about it, that uh, there were a lot of uh, forces which was against this act. And one big force was the wildlife lobby. And they had filed some eight to nine cases from various states and uh, in the high courts and the uh, to uh, uh, stall this act. And uh, one of the cases was uh, by the wildlife first and uh, uh, that uh, one of the historical uh, one uh, BNHS also. Uh, so they had filed a case uh, some 10 years ago about uh, uh, the uh, constitutional validity of the act. So, uh, so um, that was, it has never come up in these times. But uh, last year in January and February, uh, suddenly uh, this um, uh, was uh, taken up by the Supreme Court and there must be some political reasons and I we feel the main reason was a Kempa Act that was passed in this present government time and it has got uh, like million of rupees in their, their account and which is a corporate money which they wanted to use. So uh, they cannot use it unless this act is there and that's why they wanted to bring this act down though the you know and they came up with this uh, uh, order Supreme Court that the uh, cases uh, that the claims that has been rejected uh, they those people will be um, evicted from the forest so although this uh, uh, this was not in purview a jurisdiction of the Supreme Court they were not supposed to be um, uh, you know giving orders on the uh, process of rejecting the rejection of the claims and the eviction so the the, uh, the case was on the constitutional validity. They did not talk about it, but they talk about the uh, rejected claims, which was not under their jurisdiction. And then the nationwide protest began. From every nook and corner of the forest area, the protests came and in national and international news. Also, the uh, it was, was carried on and it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, against this order. So uh, then the uh, Supreme Court it themselves have to, you know, that bench came up with a stay, stay for its own order in, uh, in uh, February. And that was on hold. And still, till date, it is on hold. And the cases have been, the hearings have been going on. And, uh, and then uh, they uh, pulled up the states 
So nine states have given their affidavits that the due process of the claims have been not been carried out by the state. The Ministry of Tribal Affairs has given a very long elaborated affidavit in 2014 and 2000, uh, now also to Supreme Court that the process of the claims and the process of implementation of forest right has not been taken place in a due uh, legal manner and it has to be reviewed. So it is just standing there here and then and it was actually it was a test case. For example, the labor laws are coming, you know, and the, the issue of the uh, where the farmers issue, all these issues. So they, this government was testing that. Let's see what happens, you know, if we uh, give this order of eviction of some uh, this. Uh, at that same time, the uh, uh, Citizen Amendment Act was also being uh, coming in the parliament. And so these both issues, two issues, they became very, very uh, important and because it was talking about evicting people from their homelands. So, so but it did not work out there was very wide protest and people have protested and it is just hanging in the supreme court nobody's hearing about it nobody's talking about it now and uh, because they feel that it is a kind of a, if they touch this case it's a uh, fire and it is like a wild forest fire it will spread like anything in in the entire forest area and it will be difficult for the state to control uh, this kind of mass uh, uprising so it is still holding on that and we are we are we have filed an intervention application our intervention applicants are adivasi women from uh, uh, forest areas and they are challenging this uh, uh, order of the supreme court and you know they have enumerated how the women uh, issues are very also very important the land rights are important land to the adivasi forest resources are important so some 19 to 20 intervention applications have also been filed and they have been admitted by the Supreme Court. Yes, thank you very much, ma'am. It is so encouraging to know that uh, the women uh, are at the fun forefront yeah. and they are actually bearing the brunt also of the of the struggle for uh, their uh, forest rights. And thank you very much for sharing these uh, uh, insights. There are a couple of questions from the mm -hmm. audience before I uh, have other questions, a few other questions yeah. to ask you. One question says that uh, do we really advocate for uh, rally for rivers and agroforestry? And uh, the other is, are there any legal ambiguities and con uh, conflicting provisions when it comes to policies in tribal areas like PESA, FRA and autonomous councils, especially in the Northeast? Uh, so your comments, quick comments on these, ma'am. I didn't understand the later part of your question. Are there any legal ambiguities and conflicting provisions when okay, it comes to yeah. policies uh, in, in the tribal areas, especially in the Northeast? Uh, no, uh, there are like, uh, 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 the when, when we talk about the people's legislation like Forest Right Act, PESA Act and uh, uh, the act, you know, which will be, uh, which are important to uh, conserve our forest resources and uh, protecting the livelihood of the people. Uh, there are various policies and acts also, legislation which are conflicting. For example, this Indian Forest Act, the uh, Colonial Act, which is still operating. 
and there are my new mining act the environmental assessment act the coal act there are other uh, acts you know in the environment waterways act so and land acquisition act so in a way matlab ki ek hath se do dusre hath se lo wali baat hai ki aap ek hath se de rahe hain dusre kanun se aap usko chheen rahe hain to ye wali jo puri policy hai it's very conflicting the if you have to implement forest right act then you cannot have joint forest management and you cannot have tampa for uh, this act you know they are conflicting in nature so either there has to be one you focus only on fra then bring all kind of conservation practices or uh, protection pr- pr- practices under that but if you are talking about fra which is about the local people's con- uh, this uh, you know their control and their uh, uh, grand sabha powers to be the supreme but on the other end you are bringing joint forest management committees which are being manned and controlled by the mafias forest department and the vested interest the other committees you know which are uh, controls campa funds which is being also been you know carried out by the forest department and the vested interest which talks about the uh, uh the you know uh, money or all money related and even in northeast northeast people say that they have a six schedule area except uh, arunachal pradesh and that six schedule area is autonomous council and the autonomous councils even that we have found the forest department entry what is forest department doing there the autonomous uh, council should handle their forest on their own and it should have, uh, you know they, the the autonomous councils uh, committee should be the supreme like the gram sabha and they are supreme so they are they should be deciding like in gta gorkhalang territorial area the forest and the is still with the state it is not under the gta so these are very conflicting so when when uh, in the northeast uh, area when the uh, forest is talked about the forest department comes into it, into the picture and there that is conflicting so that there is a conflict and this conflict has to be resolved and that the parliament has to play a very proactive role supreme court has to play a very proactive role they have still not done there even the governor's rule that governor say in the six schedule areas has still not even a single day the government has the governor has used his power it has they have allowed to uh, get the ex- resources exploit exploited at the state to take over the control and work against the people's rights and policies their rights and their fundamental rights too so these are the areas where you know we need to concentrate and talk more about thank you very much ma'am um we have with us um, mr kamal chand kispota from uh, ncdhr uh, in jharkhand uh, he yeah. would like to ask a question to you uh, do we have yes we have mr kamal chand uh, on the panel so could you please unmute yourself and go ahead and ask your question aap apna mic unmute kar le aur video on ho sakta hai to wo bhi kar le kamal chand sir
सर आपको मेरी आवाज जा रही है ओके ओके लेट अस कंटिन्यू अंटिल मिस्टर किस्कोटा जॉइंस आई थिंक ही इज हैविंग सम इंटरनेट इश्यूज सो थैंक यू वेरी मच मैम फॉर शेयरिंग दोस इनसाइट्स एंड एक्चुअली द एंटायर नेक्सस ऑफ judiciary and uh, uh, legislature and the executive and of course uh, the people on the ground and it is very uh, encouraging to know the kind of work and the continued struggle that you are um, undertaking uh, ma'am you also raised during your talk you also raised the question of uh, uh, the issue of international transnational trade that existed uh, pre during the pre independence times mm. of course continuing till today uh and then on the other hand we have the forest cover which is depleting every year uh and then uh, the governments are musing over how to uh, keep the uh, temperatures the global temperatures below 1.5 degrees celsius of the pre industrial times so uh, don't you think there is uh, some sort of um, uh, contradiction in this okay can be taken into account we are losing the jungle, jungle yeah. and zone same we lost your voice can you just yeah speak? in between yeah can you just uh, say uh, later part uh, of what you were saying a little yes. so, so, little slowly little slowly yes yeah so basically uh, i wanted to know uh, what are your again we lost your voice again questions ma'am uh to to take into account uh, to strengthen the jal jungle and zameen uh, in this sort of uh, contradiction again uh, that main part of your question was you know lost out <laughs> i will give me second line yes the second line i will yes ma'am your your uh, points of recommendations to the policy uh, which can help strengthen the jal jungle and zameen given the contradiction that we are uh, we are actually musing over how to reduce the global temperatures on the one hand and then we are deliberately uh, leading to or yielding ourselves to depletion of the forest cover every year yeah the global level you know this uh, debate is going on and it's very important uh the states are you know they are uh, what solutions which are they are giving is the corporate solution because the corporates uh, have to uh, 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 what do you say exploit the natural resources for oil gas and other kind of things so they also want to maintain that kind of environmental uh, uh, you know mitigator mitigation uh plants also but they don't uh they are not serious about it they are kind of uh, giving a very kind of a technical solutions and you know making the whole um, uh, globe uh, you know when they are monopolizing it again but they are not involving the people in the right sense like you can see in africa or in the latin america the amazonia forest and their what is happening to that and how it is being exploited the largest rainforest movement of amazonia is almost lost you know the 50 60 80% has been lost so until unless the people are brought into this debate it is not going to help 
you know the environmental solution a climate issue is a climate justice issue sir issue of social justice social equality and there has to be a, a kind of equality between the north and the south countries also the north countries are exploiting the south and this will not happen you know the issue of the third world and the first world countries so this has to uh, you know this has to come into this debates and there are many uh, uh, debates are happening also and uh, many uh, many uh, conferences are taken place uh, and even especially in world social forum when that happened in 2004 to 2010 and various debates took place in various countries you know wherever these um, uh, forums took place and this was a very big debate on uh, how to bring the climate justice into uh, uh, so uh, it is a long way until this and uh, that's why we see a political solution it's not an environmental solution is not about just pair and pode pair and pode se kuch nahi hoga environmental solution is a political issue it is the issue of the people who are oppressed people who are dependent on these resources for the livelihood for their livelihood rights and those are the people who are the working people working class of this entire world and their rights have been denied they are facing the disparity of the incomes they are facing garbarabri they are facing all kind of issues poverty is a big issue so until unless we address these issues you know and the poverty issue and uh, if we cannot eradicate the poverty the uh, global environment issue cannot be solved at any cost and that has can only be solved by you know uh, talking about these uh, rights their international rights should be uh, taken care of their uh, equality and all these issues are very important in today's context definitely moratorium on the moratorium on the exploitation by the companies by the rich people by the middle class people and there they should be taught to pay respect and they should be made aware of the environmental degradation they should be sensitive about they are not even bothered about what is happening to environment our delhi air is like it is you know getting poison we are inhaling poisonous uh, you know air and nobody is bothered about it so this is very serious you know the how the one class of people the middle class people are becoming apathetic and gradually you know they are uh, being apathetic to all the issues which is very serious thank you very much ma'am of course yes uh, it is actually a very serious uh, challenge for us and uh, how do we incorporate the um, points of views how do we incorporate the indigenous practices and to actually strengthen them it requires the voices of the people uh, to be heard yeah. and uh, actually raised and uh, thank you very much ma'am for sharing your views i would now invite dr arjun kumar director of impact and policy yeah. research institute to make his concluding remarks and to uh, perhaps uh, he has uh, a question to post to you and then we will end uh, okay. after that thank okay. you thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. yes yes we have extended uh, some of our time but uh, nevertheless i will just uh, check with kamal sir if he is here kamal sir if 
you can try speaking sir um, i think we can uh, post the question from another later go Never. ahead he is in from two devices somehow anyways okay thank you so much ma'am for uh, touching upon these issues which i think uh, uh, many less people uh, touch upon uh, especially highlighting the this very pertinent issue of poverty and uh, especially during this time of pandemic many estimates are coming that the poverty rates have doubled or you know in 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 case of developing countries it has reached to the level of you know 40 to 50% we have gone uh, back to 2 3 decades uh, given this scenario uh, how do you see this uh, the, the environmental uh, activism or uh, empathy respects this thing should come in uh, especially when we see that most of our cities are in the bottom of all the rankings whatever is happening and all others uh, howsoever there is also the bur and other reports for climate change we are also reporting officially that india is doing greatly in in this aspect also in our policy aspect infrastructure uh, highways ke bagal mein ye bana rahe hain wo kar rahe hain there is a lot of commitment from national leadership uh, having said that from how do you see uh, since you also touched upon that uh, this activism is also linked uh, with legal judicial and and other things i think most of the youth Uh, are very much interested in this uh, also technical things also looking uh, from the science aspects uh, but uh, uh, the fight is so much engraved uh, that uh, many of the youth people are not able to you know join or even not even concerned so uh, uh, can you suggest some ways that how youth and people in policy become more uh, concerned about these areas and moreover take action for strengthening this fight Uh, ma'am you are concluding ma'am yeah 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 no it's definitely very challenging area you know uh, because uh, uh, you know when you talk about um, uh, protecting the environment you know so uh, the um, policy makers are uh, bent on creating more and more highways more and more smart cities more and more big you know uh kind of luxury uh this and taking more and more grabbing more and more land and they will pose this question are you against this development ye to development hai iske against aap kaam kar rahe hain aur hamara jo samaj hai wo bhi wo chahta hai ki is tarah ke humko facilities mile they want more and more smart cities they want more and more big highways big roads big uh, cars big acs so it is not that we don't need all these kind of things we need it but there has to be some limit and uh, limit has to be there and also uh, that uh, the the uh, the development cannot happen in an unequitable uh, paradigm it has to be in an equitable paradigm if you are talking about development then you have to take talk about the uh, adivasi sitting at the last rung in the forest area of kamur bihar there you don't even have a drinking water facility no roads no electricity the sonbadra singroli area produces 20000 megawatt of power but there are 100 more than 100 villages who are without electricity so how can you justify this 
if you are and this thing has to be made aware you know the citizen of this country the cities have to be made aware i don't know how they will be aware of these issues because they are more more uh, in a very selfish and a consumerist uh, consumerist uh, mode now they want to consume more and more they they are not at all concerned about the issues of working people the forest people the people who are you know doing their household work the domestic workers so until unless there is a balance in this consumption pattern of the resources things are not going to definitely it will crash one day everything is going to collapse the cities will go without water at one point of time because you will not have that kind of system everything is getting privatized it is going into companies hand the state is losing its control it is privatizing everything so the more you are you know giving the control to the corporate sector and they are taking more and more over this is these are the political questions you know and we cannot escape from it because they are eventually responsible for our electric electricity is being privatized our water is being privatized aur hamare sari cheeze privatized ho rahi hai to kal ko to hamare haath mein kuch rahega hi nahi so these are the questions you know this has to be the development paradigm has to be questioned it has to be equitable for a adivasi woman for a, a city city people they have to be accommodative they have to even apni apne kuch comforts chhod ke agar wo pure samaj ke prati wo bhi samjhe ki mare family ke member hai us tarah se dekhe tabhi kuch ho payega nahi to ye bahut badi jang hai ye jang hogi jaddojahat hogi aur iske andar jo abhi pura scenario samne aa raha hai पूरा जो वर्कर्स के राइट लिए जा रहे हैं उसमें किसानों के अधिकार लिए जा रहे हैं पूरे उन लोगों के जो प्रोडक्टिव फोर्सेस है उनके सारे अधिकार आप छीन के किसको दे रहे हैं तो ये सारे लोग तो एनवायरनमेंट से जुड़े हुए हैं सो इफ देयर राइट्स आर बीइंग टेकन अवे सो यू सी वट विल है सोसाइटी देर विल बी अ टोटल अनरेस्ट एंड दिस अनरेस्ट will definitely lead somewhere either it will go to anarchy or it there will be a revolution not much less than that so that will only teach the uh, kind of people who are apathetic to people's uh, view when they will face this kind of situation either there will be anarchy or there will be a revolution they have to learn through a hard way but these questions will definitely come into service either the policy makers they ignore it or the governments are ignoring it but they are coming up they will come come like a volcano there will there be a volcanic eruption and if these questions are not addressed properly and effectively and a political manner by the governments they have to um, be sensitive towards it otherwise there will be very difficult times coming ahead this is my response thank you i hope yes thank you ma'am in fact i just wanted to add that even in the advanced countries canada uh, sweden now a new term is coming most of these countries are also uh, very urban so 80 90% of their population lives in cities and they have good structure our panchayats don't even have offices and others services as you rightly pointed out a new term is coming remunicipalization of these services Uh, wherein uh, they they were in corporate or companies control 
but uh, these local government for sustainable local development they are again taking back these uh, responsibility again uh, into the gamut of states especially looking into this environmental aspect uh, so somehow uh, getting all these things again in, in people's hands uh, is, is the solution which also advanced countries is showing us uh, and thank you ma'am for raising uh, all these uh, very pertinent points for especially sustainable local development uh, simi uh, over to you thank thank you ma'am thank you thank you very much ma'am so now we come to the end of the program and as you have rightly mentioned people are uh, the core of the country and the entire development paradigm has to be people centric and uh, in order to uh, have an equitable equal and a just society and um, in fact to continue for the continue the battle until everybody's fundamental rights are protected and for this the youth the women and everyone has an indispensable uh, role to play so correctly let there be a revolution um, thank you very much roma ma'am for sharing your powerful yeah. thoughts and okay. i thank all of uh, you in the audience for joining us today um, stay tuned uh, for further episodes of planet talks state of the environment by the center for environment climate change and sustainable development of impact and policy research institute thank you very much once again thank, thank you, you uh, india so water much. portal for being our media partner thank you very much ma'am have thank a very good day have thank a very good day all of you thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you.